Okay, here we go with Parshas Mishpatim, Tavshin Pei, 5780, as uh, Mishpatim really needs a couple of weeks to go through, how many mitzvahs that we have in this week's Parsha, jam-packed. Uh, we always mention that in the days of the Rishonim, some of the Rishonim have it as two Parshios. The Sefer Chinuch has Parshas Mishpatim, Parshas Im Kesef Talva, right, it's uh, split in the middle, but we have it as one Parsha, and we'll try to squeeze in what we can uh, in the time that we have. But we start off with a drush. Start off with a drush on a halacha in the beginning of the Parsha. We know the beginning of the parasha of the Elah HaMishpatim, Asher Tassim Lefnehem. These are the laws, and there's much to say about the Vav. Ve'elah HaMishpatim. These are the Mishpatim, Asher Tassim Lefnehem, that you shall uh, place in front of them. Is connected to Harsinai, as we have had last week's parasha and this week's parasha. We find ourselves on Harsinai. That's how we should feel this week. Because Yisro and Mishpatim are both Maim and Harsinai versions. The beginning of the whole, the end of Yisro, the end of Mishpatim, the different versions. But, of course, the first set of halachas that are mentioned in Mishpatim are the halachas related to Evid Ivri, a servant who is a Jew. If somebody buys a servant who is a Jew, right, he is very poor, he has to pay back his loans, Sheshanim Yavod, he works for six years, and in the seventh year, he goes free. And then the Pasuk says, Im Bikapo Yavo, Bikapo Yesei. What does that mean? Bikapo. So Uncle says, Im Bilchodohi Yeol. If he comes in alone, if he's not married. If he's not married, so then he goes out not married. He comes in not married, comes out not married. In Balishahu, uh, if he is married, then his wife also. But what is that alluding to? So Chazal tell us that um, the Rashi tells us, quotes from the, uh, from the Gemara, that if somebody is married, so then the master has to take care of the family too. Right? It's not just uh, the, uh, the husband, and that's what's alluded to, but his wife comes with him in and wife goes out as well. But there is a deep drush on this Pasuk. If he goes in alone, he goes out alone. If you look in the Sefer, When we come into this world, we come in, We come into this world without anything. It's for home. We want to accomplish. We want to accomplish, but we haven't done anything yet. Fascinating, just this week, right? It always, Parshmish Patim is generally falls out around the time of Washington's birthday. And I was talking to someone that interestingly, that non-Jews, Jewish nations celebrate birthdays. And Jews celebrate yard sites. Because we focus on what has been accomplished, right? When somebody is born, it's wonderful, but that's a Machayev, right? Many of the greats Mefarshim, um, Rabbanim, throughout the ages, the Ksav Sofer made us see him on every one of his birthdays. Right? Other Rabbanim took a Kabbalah on every one of their birthdays. What am I going to do this year? A birthday is not about what I've done. A birthday is Hashem gave me another chance to have this day. You know, what could I accomplish? What could I take? Because at the beginning, we don't have anything yet. And that's what's alluded to. Bekapo Yavo. Bekapo Yetzei. If we come in alone, often, if we don't capitalize, then we might even go out alone. We have to remember the Mishnah Perkiyavos Peshas Petiraso Shaladam Ein Malavol Laadam Lo Kesav Lo Zav Lo Abadim Tavoyis Magalias. Our gold, our silver, our houses, our cars—nothing's coming with us. Nothing's coming with us. Torah, Meisim Tovim Bilvad, just Torah. Ukvisha Amru Chachmi Musar, like the Bali Musar pointed out, Kishatidak Nolad. When a baby is born, often Nolanim Kafes Yadaim Kvutos. He's born with closed fists, clenched fists. As if to symbolize, I want to grab, I want to grab, I want to grab, I want to get. But then, when we leave the world, our hands are open. To say that I didn't grab as much as I would have wanted to grab. What am I taking with? What am I taking with? So, but, but if we are a Baal Isha, who is a Jew married to? What is a Jew married to? Says the Gemara in Sanhedrin, every Jew is married to the Torah. Erison, marriage. Every Jew has Erison to the Torah. We've quoted in the past of Salvation's beautiful idea that some Jews have even have Nisuin to the Torah. But every Jew has Erison to the Torah. So if we're married to the Torah and the mitzvos and, and constructive avodas Hashem, then that comes with us. In Balishahu, the Yatza Ishto Imo, quotes that from the Sefer Minchas Kohen. 
איך שבו האדם העולם בגפו, כך יוצא העולם בגפו, אך אם בעל אישה הוא, שיש לו איזה אישה, היינו התורה שמשול לאישה, as we know the Gemara Brachis, also a Gemara Sanhedrin, Fechein Pirish Rashi, Rashi says, the last parak of Mishlei, which we sing every Friday night, Eishas Chayil Miyimsa, who is Shlomo Amalek talking about? Who is the Isha? Who is the Eishas Chayil? So some say Rashi says talking about the Torah. So if we do that, then that goes with us. We've quoted in the past, I don't remember when recently, the uh, beautiful idea of Rav Zevin, where Rav Zevin notes that really everything in life has a certain amount of time of existence. Everything exists for a certain amount of time. People and animals and trees and even a chair exists for a certain amount of time. Right? Will this chair exist in a thousand years from now? Probably will disintegrate and something will happen to it. Everything, right, mountains, something could, could exist for a million, for a million years, for five million years, whatever it is. But there's always, everything in life has a certain amount of time of existence except for one thing. There's one thing that has no time, and that is time itself. Because the second that it's here, it's not here. The second that we focus on something present, so the present is not here anymore, so it has no time. But on the other hand, says Rav Zevin, ironically, maybe not so ironically, the only thing that we could eternalize and give, give uh, lengthy time, eternal time, is time. Time has no time, but if we fill it up with Torah and mitzvos, and we make it in Baal Ishahu, if we fill our time with Torah, then it goes with us. Then, V'yatzeh Ishto Ima. So again, this is the Pasuk that's, this is, this is the secret of life. In Begapo Yavo, Begapo Yetz, it doesn't seem so, so exciting when we read the, when we read the Parsha. But if we think about it, if we go in alone and we don't focus on it, we're going to end up leaving alone. And Washington's birthday is also going to be his yard site. But in Balishahu, if we focus on, on, on what we need to collect, so then, the Yatza Ishto Ima. Okay. Moving right along. There are so many details that we could focus on here. So let's pick and choose some of the halachas. Uh, we have, so much of Baba Metziah and Baba Kama. So let's pick out a halacha of Baba Kama. Says the Torah in Pasik Lamed Zayin. Lamed Zayin, Chafal of Lamed Zayin. Towards the end of the parak. There is a halacha, as we know, of Geneva. What is not allowed to steal? In the last week when the other says, Nibros, Lo Signov, so even though that's Lo Signov, it sounds like thou shalt not steal, as many translate it, but we know Chazal tell us, you have to learn, Dover Halamei Me In Yano, all the, it's surrounded by Dine Nefashus. Adultery, murder. So this also must be dinah nefashos. So it really means kidnapping, stealing people, not stealing money. But here the parsha talks about stealing money or stealing animals. <laughs> right in the days of old, the animal was the car, was was a major player in in society. Right? Remember the Ivanim? Right? Not the Ivan, Yeah, the Ivanim in the um, uh, but in the story of Hanukkah, the, the Medrash tells us that they made us write on the horns of our shore. That's what we had to write on our, on our horns of our oxen. Why the horns of our oxen? Those were the Talmudic bumper stickers. Right? That's where, that was what, what we saw. That was you know, where we put our slogans. So we had to write. They made a gzera. You had to put your slogan, we don't believe in God. So oxen played a major role. That's why there's so much discussion of oxen in uh, the Torah Shabbat and the Torah Shabbat So the Torah talks about Shartam, Sharmuad, and then the Torah says, what happens if you steal an ox? And I slaughter it. Halachically slaughter it. Utvacho o mecharo, where I sell it. Special halacha. Chamisha bakar yishan tachas ashor, faarbatzon tachas asef. I steal an ox and I slaughter it, so then I have to pay five times. And if I slaughter a, or sell a sheep, then I have to pay four times. Why four compared to five? The Gemara talks about it. Even the Ganav has some more embarrassment. The Torah cares about that. Okay, but the question that we're going to deal with, interestingly, is, ask the Hegiona Shaltora, or Betzion Führer, in his creative uh, essay, in source number two, it only applies to Sharon Seh. It does not apply to Chayas and Ophos. If somebody steals a deer and checks it, there's no four and five. Somebody steals a chicken and checks it, there's no four and five. Is there a message that we can learn from the fact that it is only a behema, a shor and a seh, the most common behemos, and not chayos and ophos. Question one. Question two. Again, sounds like a detail, but the details in halacha always reflect major, major ideas. 
The second question also, as I just emphasized in translating the Pasuk, it's only if I do a proper halachic shechita do we say that four and five, the fine is given. But if I just kill the animal, I just was no cher the animal, I kill the animal, then I don't have to pay four and five. Then I just have to pay back what I stole. So why is that only by real halachic shechita and only by kosher animal sharvaseh? Those are his two questions. Yesh in line seven. Right? What does the Gemara say? The Gemara says, you know why? If you not only steal it, but you shecht it, you're nishtarish b'chei. You really did another Avera. We really are upset at you. So why is that only by Ashar and Aseh? Why isn't that by Chayis and Ophos? Why isn't that by, if I just kill the animal? I killed your animal. Why is the Dafka only if Shechita is done? Why only if Shechita is done? So says the Hegyon HaShaltorah, line 22, line 16. The Torah allows us, allows human beings to eat meat. Since the times of Noah, we're allowed to eat meat. Right? Anything that crawls, you're allowed to eat. Just like you're allowed to eat uh, vegetables and things that grow, you're allowed to eat animals. Why are we allowed to eat animals? We care about animals. Judaism, Judaism believes in animal rights. Or I shouldn't say rights. I should say treating animals properly. Right? There are rights, meaning when there's a, a conflict between a human right and an animal right, there's no, there's no such thing as animal rights versus human rights. Right? There are animal, how we're supposed to treat animals. Daraisa. But uh, the, that, that is halacha. So why are we allowed to kill animals and eat them? Because there's a need, if there's an, an important reason for me to kill the animal, either to eat it or for other type of important purpose, that I'm allowed to. There's no problem. So one might think, says Urban Sion Fierer, and maybe some believe in this, that basically it's survival of the fittest. You know, human beings are smarter than animals. Human beings know how to corner animals and trap animals and kill animals. So maybe that's the reason, because we can. And just like strong, stronger animals take care of weaker animals, people can take care of animals. One might think that. Says the Hegyon Torah, obviously that's not the purpose. That's not the reason for the allowance. The reason for the allowance, line 21, Because Hashem wants us to serve Him. And if we could use those animals to serve Him, so then, that is why. That's what gives us the right. As part of our own Avodah Hashem. That is why we're allowed to use animals for Avodah Hashem. The fact that we could have dominion over animals doesn't come from the same Ashkafic outlook that many out there think. There's natural. It's legitimate. Whoever's stronger, how do you think animals survived? How do you think people? Low. Just to be above because I'm stronger because I want to abuse power, because I want to bully, that's not what gives us the reason, that's not the reason why we're allowed to partake of animals. He It's given to us by our creator, with specific borders. And you can't cross those borders, you can't cross those rules. Right? Killing an animal in an inappropriate way, in a painful way, is not allowed. But if it was all about survival of the fittest, who cares? I'm stronger, I can do whatever I want. The answer is it doesn't come from us. The source of the allowance is not from us, it's from on high. And Hashem gives us the power. Right, if I think that it's survival of the fittest, and that's why people could t- or have dominion over animals, then why don't you say, thing, say the same thing about stronger people over weaker people? Why should there be any difference? And maybe some people believe that. The strong... If we think it's based on the stronger, so then there shouldn't be an end. 
But really, it's because Hakadosh Baruch Hu gave us the allowance, and that's why obviously it doesn't apply between people. We are the crown of creation, right? The last thing, as the Torah goes all through my Sabrashis, the last thing to be created was people, were people, and that shows because the later you get, that's the that's the goal, that's the goal. Fine. With that background, what happens when somebody steals an animal? What are they saying through their actions? What are we reflecting? We were we reflecting that hashkafic hashkafa that we just rejected. We are reflecting that it's all about me and my strength and what I could get and what I could get away with. I could I could steal an animal and I could I could be in charge of it, meaning survival of the strongest. And of the sneakiest. Adam Shagonev me Adam, Shani, Machriz Bakach, I am announcing to all, Shahu Roem El Chemeski and Bilti Musuyeges, I see in the world that whoever's stronger wins. Umemewa. And if that's true, then he probably thinks that also his authority over animals is based on that. If he thinks that way about people, then he probably thinks that way about animals too. Fishli Taso Abalechaim, Ainarak Mustes, Bechos Yagab Jehaim. And there's no limits on how I treat animals. Pashut. Like I trample on somebody. What can this lead to? You steal from them, you kill them, you do whatever you want from them. Because I believe that if you're stronger, you win. Top of the next column. Not only take a shard, take his life. And then what does he do? He shechts. He does, he performs a halachically recognized action. What is he now trying to do? He's trying to blur the lines between Torah rules and Torah outlook and what he really believes after having stole. That we can't have. If somebody believes in something wrong and he doesn't try to hide the fact that this is not what the Torah believes, fine, he has to pay, he has to be punished for what he did. But it's not that we have to fine him even more. If this guy steals an animal, which shows that he thinks it's legitimate that the strong should overcome the weak, and then he shechs, which shows that he's trying to fit this into Torah, the Torah world, trying to pretend that this is the Torah's outlook, four and five. That's why shechita, not just when you kill the animal. You just kill the animal, okay. So you're just totally, you're not saying, you're not attributing or ascribing anything to the Torah view. You're just doing something wrong. Somebody steals an ox and then does a halachic shechita, kind of like a mitzvah haba bavera, we might call it. It's like somebody, the Gemara talks about, somebody who steals wheat and then bakes challah and wants to be mafresh challah. The Gemara says, That's disgusting. You think Hashem likes that? Think Hashem is happy about that? Oh, you're doing mafresh challah. Right? The Rambam even holds, we pass in this way in Shulchan Aruch. The Rambam says, what if I have a piece of not kosher? But I want to make a bracha. Because, no, I grew up making brachas. The Rambam says, no, no bracha. And maybe it's even a bracha of atala. Because, you know, you can't. You might call it a mitzvah of It says the Hagion Torah. You're trying to get the gushpanka. You're trying to get the stamp of the Torah on your beliefs and actions, no way, pay four and five. You need to, to inculcate this message that you can't, you can't pretend the Torah believes in this. Right? He's not somebody who's going to eat shreif. In his mind, there's no contradiction between his stealing and shechting. We find this sometimes. People who might steal and then give staka from the money they stole. Rahman al You know, is that is that money that, that Hashem wants? You know, is that machshir, the previous action? Chas v'shalom. So that's why. This is no greater danger. If somebody doesn't represent Torah and they're doing something that doesn't represent Torah, fine. But if somebody represents, tries to represent Torah, and it's not Torah, it's just in the name of God, that's even more dangerous. And therefore... That's why it's to prevent him, to try to scare him off from doing this. You want to kill the animal? That's your issue. You still have to pay Karen and maybe Kefel. 
Right? Mice in the chir, if I just kill the animal, that shows that I know that I'm just wrong. I'm not following the Torah. Fine. Next, what about the other question we asked? What about chayis and ofos? Why only shorvaseh? So he says, we know there's a difference in halacha. There's two differences in halacha between a behem and a chaya. One is in terms of the different types of fats, chaylev, and the other one that's more well-known is kisi hadam. Whether we have to cover the blood. By chayis and ofos, Wild animals and birds, one has to cover the blood after shechita. By behemanat. There's no mitzvah of kisi adam by a cow and by a sheep. Why that is? Many reasons given. But one of the reasons is as a tempering to note that the blood symbolizes the life of an animal. It's not appropriate just to have it lying around. We cover it up. As if to reflect that we recognize that we do this, but if we're not happy about it, but we recognize that animals are are uh, brios and we can't just do whatever we want we're not limited in our pa- unlimited in our power so you don't need four and five bahais and behemoths you have a different mitzvah that teaches you the same lesson that you're, you don't have elastic infinite authority Baram, Bachayeva Of now read it. Quoting from the Sefer Achinuch. And therefore, that is why it's limited. And he gets into a little bit Mechira. We're not going to go into it now. Mechira also, if I sell a person, in terms of the kidnapping, as we mentioned, that also shows that I think I'm in charge. It might just be a parallel, Mechira and Geneva. But either way, that's his main point relating to the Shechita. Why Dafka Sharvaseh? And why uh, not... Uh, when it is Nevela. Again, it helps out with some of the details. Every, not every uh, not every single thing can be uh, can be explained. So Kisi Adam, do you have to do Kisi Adam? Lachariya, Lachariya is all the mitzvah. It's all the mitzvah. So if you have the mitzvah, the hope is when you if you know you're going to have to do it, hopefully you'll remember why you have to do the mitzvah, and hopefully that'll that'll you know uh, give you the message. Just like it won't be, it's not a knas, it's not a fine, but it's a, it's a mitzvah you have to do. Okay. Next, Perchabes. Perchabes Pasik Chaf Aleph. Moving on over a couple of the Babakama Halachos. Every Pasik here is a separate mitzvah or even two. Says the Torah, the Torah here has a number of people who we have special mitzvahs and how to relate to them. The convert do not take such advantage of. Orphans and widows do not take advantage of. If we cause them pain, if they scream out to me, I will hear their cries. Widows and orphans. You have in front of you two thoughts from Rapinkus. Two thoughts in a row from Rapinkus. The first is source number four. He says, the Torah emphasizes, there are so many halachas, that the Torah emphasizes and tries to make us sensitive to the feelings of those who are in not a good predicament, less fortunate. Mitzvah after mitzvah after mitzvah, the Torah emphasizes because it's not natural for us to connect to them. It's much easier to give covet to a mechubad than to give covet to someone from the lower strata of society. We're very careful not to cause discomfort to hush of people. Give them everything they're missing. Somebody who's a nobleman, somebody who's a rabbi. You give them a lot of covet. But the simple Jew, and not only a, a, somebody who's lowly, somebody who doesn't have so many friends, Somebody who doesn't have so much money, somebody who we might call a nebuch, right? So then it's a little harder to give him the proper respect, right? Which just makes the circle go around. Nebuchness breeds more nebuchness in how people treat them. The Torah goes out of its way. How many people who might be in that state of being alone, of being maybe more uh, in a position to, to be taken advantage of, what does the Torah say? Hashem says, they're going to scream to me. I'm going to listen to them. I'm going to, Hashem promises. 
I'm going to listen to those less fortunate. And then he quotes, he continues and says, the Kamaradu, he quotes Midrashim. He quotes Midrashim, and it's not even, even in a major way. He quotes some of the Tanam from Mesech Smachos. Right, they were going to be killed. Rabbi Shmuel was crying. You're going to be in Olam Haba in a minute. Why are you, this is Rabbi Shmuel, why are you crying? He says, why are we being killed like this? Like a Machal Shabbos. Did you ever, one of the great Tanah I'm talking about, one of the other ones, were you ever at a meal, and a woman came to ask you a, a, a serious private question, and the Shammah says he was sleeping, and you knew she was outside, and it was uncomfortable, you didn't want to get up? The Torah says, The great Tanoim. Or we try to think, what could it be that caused such terrible states? And they focus on this Pasuk. And Cesar Pinkett, it's not Dafka and Almana and a Yasom. If there's anybody in need that we could help, then they're basically a Yasom in that situation. doesn't mean orphans and widows only. If we have the ability to help somebody, and they could use our help, and we don't help them, they're needy in that way, then we have to focus. And the more that somebody helps out, and the more responsibility he has, the more he's responsible. The more people come to him. And they're a little upset and embarrassed. To be so careful, the more public we are, the more we have to be involved. And he quotes the unbelievable letter from the Rambam. Again, a very famous letter. The Rambam talks about his his daily, his daily routine. He talks about what he did when he was in Egypt. When he, morning till night, he just quotes the end. The whole day he says he was in the palace of the sultan and he was the doctor because he had all these diseases because he didn't live such a proper, appropriate life. He was very promiscuous. So he spent the whole day in the sultan's palace. And then he comes home and that's where we pick up the letter of the Rambam. There's a whole line of sick people waiting out his door. And I go straight to them to appease them. And to beg them, please be mochel. He didn't eat the entire day. It's already close to evening. He didn't eat the whole day. The Raman goes to each one of them and apologizes. I just want to eat something. Is that okay? Are you mochel me? How careful the Rambam is. I eat once a day a little bit. And I go ahead to heal them. It's all about medicine. The Rambam says he only got to learn on Shabbos. He didn't get to teach Torah the whole week. The whole, the whole week he's, he's, he's healing people. Two, three hours into the night. I talk to them. I give them advice. And then I just collapse, says the Rambam. Exhaustion. I am the ultimate exhausted. I can't even talk. But you see in that description how careful the Rambam is. Rambam says, I'm going to go eat first. Don't wait for me. No. That's not the Rambam. They're in need. I'm going to help them. Again, there's also a halacha. You have to take care of yourself. We can't, we cannot take care of ourselves. The Rambam obviously is a model for us, but it doesn't mean that, that, um, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of responsibilities that we have. But that is idea number one. Idea number two. Source number six, turning over. Yeah, but at the end, he writes on top of the end of, in source five, he says, and it doesn't matter what age, sometimes people think that we're in a store and there are a couple of like uh, little kids online, so we could just cut them. That's also. Why, why, why is my covet any greater? Because I'm a little old, because I'm older? If they offer, if, say, but it's, it doesn't matter who. It doesn't matter who, it doesn't matter what age. And further in the Pasuk. Rapinkus also says, Imani sane oso kiim tsok yitzak elai. Shemo eshbatzak also. What's the double lashon of tsok yitzak? If they surely scream, often the Torah says, a double lashon. Sometimes the Gemara says Dibur Torah Klasha Adam. The Torah just writes things to him, emphasize. Sometimes the Torah learned the Gemara learns 
various halachas out. But here, says Rav Pincus, this pasuk gives us a secret into tefillah. As we know, Rav Pincus wrote so much about tefillah, Sha'arim b'tefillah, and his commentary on Siddur tefillah, Yeshnu yisod gadol binyan atfila shenol mami pasuk zeh. We can learn a tremendous yisod from tefila. Who no kavi yorid at home. It goes all the way to the depths. Kishabal adam ezetzara. When somebody's going through a difficulty, kochiniskak luschum kesef b'tchivas gadola. We need money. For rasmi zelazeh. I need money for something. So I go to this person to borrow. I go to this person to borrow. I go. To, I, go I do. I do. I do ten different ishtavlios. I I go to this person. For for a um, for a handout, I go to this person for a loan. I daven. I I go back. I do ten different things for shabbos. Whenever we need something, we go. We do as much as we can. I, I call up a tzaddik, you know, to collect for me. I go to get a bracha. I go daven. If there's a chola, what do I do when there's a chola? I daven and I get other people to daven and I go to the best doctors and I I do twenty different things. I take medicine. Tefillah is one of the areas of Ishtabos. If we have that attitude about Tefillah, which we should have at least that attitude about Tefillah, it's one of the Ishtablios that we do, but then we can't accept, uh, expect so much, says says Rav Pincus. Because, he said, I'll give you a mashal. If I walk into a gavir to get a loan and I tell him I need this amount of money and he knows that I'm, I have 10 people on my list in my pocket. Say, so he's not going to give me everything because he knows he's only one of the sources of what he, what, what I need. So, so to the Kodesh Baruch Hu. If I believe that the doctor is one of the sources, and this guy is one of the sources, and Akadosh Baruch Hu is one of the sources, and they're all, they're all, so then, that's it. He gets a little bit. He says, he'll, he'll figure it out, he'll, he'll, right, he's not going to die in, in hunger. He'll take some, uh, he has that. And then Tishal son, he says, no, I'm, I'm going to move around. But, let's say, the usher knows that I'm his only hope. I'm his last resort. If I don't help him, then he's done. And the person asking, the Ani knows, and that's what he, that's what he says. He says, I have nowhere else to go. You are it. Who's gonna say no to that? Who's gonna say no to that? Unless somebody has an extreme, terrible, wicked person, but who's gonna say no to that if they're the only one who could help? If our attitude is, and Hashem knows that we feel that, Hashem, you are the only one. You're the only one that can help. There's nobody else. Right? Some of the Mepharshim explain, maybe that's what Hannah finally felt. When Penina was making fun of her, and when Elkanah said, I'm better, from you, I'm better for you than ten sons, she realized even Elkanah wasn't in her pain. And she realized there's nobody else except the Kaddish Baruch so when we have that attitude, so then, then we have, we could expect more, it's a very hard attitude to have. We have to do the Ishtablis, but then we have to recognize that all the Ishtablis is really, you know, what we have to do, but it's really, it's from above. A Yasum and an Amana have that attitude. Tsaok, they dive into Hashem, but if they didn't get an answer yet, Yitzak, they dive it again, cause they know there's no other place to go. There's no other place to turn. It's just you, capital Y. That's the tefillah of an Amon and a Yasom. Tzok Yitzak. And Hashem says, Shamoa Eshma. Tzak Asa. V'cheinu Eitzel HaKadosh Baruch Hu. V'sha'adam ba v'nofa l'fan of Yisbarach. B'tayna b'rura. If we dive into Hashem and we say, there's nobody, Hashem, there's nowhere else, I have no idea where this shidduch is coming from. Hashem, it's all you. I have nowhere else where how I'm gonna how I'm gonna you know make it through this situation. I have no idea. It's so beyond me. That has to be our attitude. That has to be our attitude. Again, we have to do ishtablus in Sokhanalanais. We have to do that. But when we dive in, we have to have that attitude. Please help my ishtablus work. Because there's nothing without. Miyad, who's going to say no to that? What, Hashem's going to be less than, a, than a, an average person even? 
Zui tefillah shall nipol. He talks in the Sharmat tefillah the different types of tefillah. He says that's the tefillah of nipol, falling down in front of a Kaddish Baruch Hu. His batlus gemura. Call Yeshua Zirach Mevchay Yisbarach. Zugam ma'isa bepashtus tefillah so anorash shel choni ma'ag. That was choni ma'agel. Hashem, I'm not leaving. I'm not leaving the circle. What was he saying? He was saying, I have no option. I have no option, and that's why I'm staying here until you answer because there's nowhere else to go. Og uga. Right, I'm not leaving. And that's what Shamoa Eshma, Kodesh Baruch Hu promises, that if we have that type of tefillah, that's the type of tefillah we have to have. Right, tefillah la'oni ki ya'atof. That's what we have to have, right? And he quotes the Pasuk in Udavra Shemori. Ki avivimi azavuni, v'ashem yasveni. We have to have the attitude that even my parents can't help. Right, it's just Hashem. It's just Hashem. Okay. Next. So let's get half, now let's get into the Second part of the parsha, which was the second parsha in the days of old, and if we started off with the drush in the first half of the parsha, let's start off with the drush in the second half of the parsha. On the pasuk in Kasef Talva, so the pasuk is about lending mitzvah to lend people money. In Kasef Talva, Sami Es Ha'animach, the poor amongst you, Losielo Kanesha. Every word here is darshaned by by Chazal to teach us something, and of course this im is not in really if it means a when. Right, it's when Rashi quotes that from Rabbi Yishmael, call im shebatora, call im the im shebatora rishus chus gimel. All ims are voluntary, except for three. This is one of them. Im im kesef talve. That's one of them. We had one last week too. Two in a row. Mizbeach avonim. Right, you have to build build the mizbeach. You have to. The igrat akala, the bnei yisachar, has a drush on this pasuk. Again, totally not the pshat, but this is a classic Hasidic Torah. Im kesef. If you have a real desire, kisuf. Right, we say it in Yidin Nefesh. Nichsof nichsafti. Liros meher b'sevarzezecha. I have a desire. Desire. I have a kisuf. Right, the kesef Mishnah. Right, unknown. The kesef Mishnah, we know, the Rabbi Yosef Kara's commentary on the Rambam. He writes in his Akdama. Why did he name his commentary kesef Mishnah? Because he has a kisuf, he has a desire to understand the Rambam, the Mishnah, the Mishnah Torah. Nothing to do with money, kesef Mishnah. Right? Yes, the, it, it is a play on words of, uh, he's Rabbi Yosef Cairo, and the kesef Mishnah was returned by Yosef. But, but he writes, he called it kesef Mishnah because he desires. So in kesef, if somebody has a strong desire to be with Hashem, to connect to Gadish Baruch Hu, in Yeshua Baracha Balibcha, you know what you should do? Talaves Ami. Accompany your nation. Share it with other people. Go inspire others. Don't keep it into yourself. Talaves Ami. Techaber Hatshuka Ami. Gamke Lalamdan Darke Hashem. Don't say it's all you. You feel it? So go ahead and share it. Velo Tamar Halo Yej Gedolimi Mani Ashak Tanam Avem Yimasnai. But maybe less one say, well, I'm not so great. Who am I to try to inspire? To quote the phrase from the Gemara, which he quotes, right? Their pinky is bigger than my whole waist. I mean, who am I? Laze Amar. No, es ha'ani imach. Next phrase in the Pasuk. The poor amongst you. Meaning, if you can inspire somebody, then they're poor. And you can help them. Es ha'ani imach. The poor amongst you. Meaning, if you're inspired and they're not, go for it. Inspire them. You have the kisuf. Im kasef talves ami. Es ha'ani imach. They need you. You have to teach your friends Asher Hu Ani Bedavar, Asher Hu Imach, because he's with you. Tahainu, Kivach Yesh Lacha Seichel, Shein Chaviracha Yodeh Muchivat Alamdo. If it's something, an intellectual note, if it's an emotion, if it's a feeling, you have to try. What's the next phrase? Lotia Lo Kinoshe. What is Noshe? Again, Alderak Drush. Kinashani Elokim, from the Russian of forgetting. Don't be like someone of forgetting him, or that he's forgetting. It's not my job. Lo tielo, don't be like that. Oh, it's only if he asks me for. Only if he asks me. I'm going to run after him. I have to try to go and inspire. If he doesn't want, he doesn't want it. Don't be like someone who forgot, who doesn't focus on their friends. No. You have to go. Try to do your best. So the Pasuk on the Pshuto Shalmaker is about lending money. 
But on the Jewish level, it's about lending inspiration. And it's about spreading, you know, connection to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Im kesef, talves ami. If you have the money, if you have the goods, if you have the goods, you have the spiritual goods, do what we can. We can all, we can all inspire in our own way. We just have to find the, the areas to do it. But there are so many areas that we can do it within our family, within others. Again, we obviously have to remember the Gemara, Yevamis, Kishem Shemitzvah Lomar Davar Hanishma, Kach Mitzvah Shalomar Davar Sheino Nishma. Right? It's a mitzvah to say what's going to, would be heard. It's a mitzvah not to say what wouldn't be heard. But there are always opportunities in soft, inspiring, uplifting ways. And that's what we have to try to do. Okay. So we get towards the end of the parsha. And we get back to the story segment of the Parsha. After we're hit with, with all the laws. We're hit with all the laws. But towards the end, we're almost at the story section. The Pasuk tells us in Perachav Gimel, Pasuk Chavhei. Pasuk Chavhei. Hini Anochi Sholech Malach Lafanecha. Hashem says, I'm going to send a Malach. Hishamri Pana Vishma Bakolo. Hishamat Tishma Bakolo. Asita Zakazar Deber. Right before Shavi'i. You shall serve Hashem your God. And He will bless your bread and water. And He will remove any sickness from amongst you. Simple question. Why does the Pasuk switch from Lush and Rabim to Lush and Yachid? Right? Often the Torah does that and there's always a message. Re'ei, a famous one. First Pasuk in Re'ei. Anochi, no sein. Lefnechem, Hayom, not Reu, Re, and then Lefnechem. So here too, here's the opposite. Vavatem is Hashem Alokechem, Oberechas Lachmacha, not Lachmachem. That's Bemecha. Why does it switch to the singular, the plural to the singular? That's the question of the Drash David here in Source 9 and Source 10. Yesh Lahavin, especially Shini Allah, why does it switch? So one answer, one short answer, he quotes from the Balaturim here, expands on it. Ubiya Roshakivan Shein, Sarchem Shal Yechidim Shavim Zelaze. Everybody does their work, but Hashem gives you what you need. Hashem gives you what you need. Each and every person has what they need and has their schar. Hashem knows the situation of everyone. But on a little deeper level, he continues. He quotes the Ramban. He quotes the Ramban on the Pasik, talks about only worshipping HaKadosh Baruch Hu directly and not worshipping um, intermediaries. But really he gives his own shot now in the next source, in source number 10. Novel Levaris Shini Alashan. L'shem kach yesh lahaktim esmash amr chazal. Chazal tell us in Mesechus Kiddushin, schar mitzvah b'hai al-maleka. There is no reward for a mitzvah in this world. It's impossible. A mitzvah is so awesome and does such amazing things in heaven there's nothing in this world that could be fitting for a reward. Right? Imagine if I go over to a millionaire and give him uh, $5. It's, it's meaningless. What do you mean? Even if he does the most amazing thing, but it's meaningless. It's like anything we would do in this world for a mitzvah would be like getting a penny. So there's no, there's no reward in this world. But what happens in this world when we get rain and we get parnasa and we have it harder or we have it easier or we have bracha or we have klala? That's not schar. As the Rambam says, that is a situation which Hashem deems fit for where we're up to in life to serve Him more. That's creating our situation of Nisayon. Hashem might decide our Nisayon is to serve him with some Nachas and Shavas HaNefesh. And sometimes it's to serve him with some less Shavas HaNefesh. But there's no Schar in this world. If it was all Schar, then it could have just said, serve Hashem and everybody's going to get their reward. No. Anything you get in this world, all bread and water that you get is specifically tailored for each individual person. Because that's part of his Avodah. It's part of his avoda. It doesn't mean we don't da- we shouldn't daven, of course, for Shabbos Hanefesh. We should. Hashem, please make it easier for us or easier. No, we're allowed to. There's no mitzvah to be in pain. There's no mitzvah to have tzaris. But 
Avodas Adam is borrowed three chalyasas below Shiit Laha Adam is Tikvasal with Tashlam Gwul. It's not focused on that. He even says that's what the Ashach reads in the beginning of our Pasik. Vavatem, you know why? It's Hashem Alokechem, because he's your God. That's Avodah. We serve Hashem because he is Hashem Alokechem. And anything we get out of the world, though, and the bread and the water that we get, we should know, singular, it's tailor-made for us. Every situation, every Parnassah challenge in life is tailor-made for us. Every child or grandchild challenge is made for us. Easier said than done. But it's made for us. And that's why it switches to singular. Serve Hashem. Everybody serve Hashem. But Hashem will give you the bracha, but no, it's not real schar. The schar is in the next world. He's going to give bracha to your bread and water on a singular level because that's what, that's what it is. It's a tailor-made situation for each of us. And that's how we have to look at life. And obviously, thank HaKadosh Baruch Hu every day. Thank you for giving me a, you know, a day that's, that, that was, uh, these type of challenge, other types of challenges. But we don't, we don't know exactly what HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants from us. We just have to try our best. But that's what it is. Line the, at the end of 11, Al-Adam Adas ki ein lo shum tikva ba'olam mavalisa edavakono. Our only, our only hope is to uh, focus on HaKadosh Baruch Hu and realize that it's all up for the next world. Okay, we'll finish tonight with a drasha that Rabbi Lamb gave in Drasha Lodoros. He gave this drasha in February 1972, as all of his drashas are uh, in the set are are in, and he talks about the two most famous words in this week's parsha, Nasevanishma, Chavdal Zayin. Two most famous words, and he again we're not going to read the whole drasha, but he basically starts off with a question: Isn't Nasevanishma so anti what Judaism stands for? You know, you think about it. We're all about the intellect. We're all about understanding. We spend we spend our days, the greatest amongst us, spend our days in the base medrash trying to figure out the Torah, trying to understand every detail of every halacha, of every nakuda, and every pasuk. So how does Nasa Vinishma fit into that? How does it fit into that? We are modern. We want to understand reasons. So what exactly is it that we're supposed to get out of Nasa Vinishma? He has three ideas. Again, we're not going to read the whole thing. Three ideas. So first on the next page. Top left, 13. There are three answers that commend themselves. Number one, Nasev and Ishma is the natural way to live Judaism. Judaism is not primarily, if at all, a rational theology. What does halacha mean? Halacha means holech, go, do it. A way of life, not a way of thought. And he gives an example. What am I talking about? Language. You could sit, and those who have made Aliyah in the room know this, you know, we could try to give our kids some, like, Hebrew lessons before making Aliyah, but one month in a Hebrew classroom in Israel is so much more valuable, and ain't no If you want to learn something, you have to live it. You have to throw yourself into the situation. If you want to learn how to walk, we could, we could talk to a two-year-old about walking, you know, we could talk all about how the body works and how, you know, the muscles and the limbs. Start walking. Just walk. You don't need to know exactly. You'll figure it out as you get older. You figure out when you, when you're, you pull a muscle, you'll figure out what it means to walk and what you have to do. If Judaism is to be a native to us and not a foreignism, if it is to be natural and not mechanical or imposed or external, if Jews are to be religiously vital and not automatons, then we must respond to God and say, Nasev Live it. Just do it. Jump in. Nase. Nishma. And you have to understand and figure it out. Just do it. The best way to experience it and make it part of you is by doing it. Is by doing it. Number one. Right? It continues and says, Bali Chuva sometimes come from the mind. But what, what, where, where does it come from? What, you're going to talk about Shabbos? You experience a Shabbos. Just do a Shabbos. Come to a Shabbos table. That's probably the mechanism that has more, brought more people back to Judaism and Torah mitzvahs than any other mitzvah, a Shabbos table. Because that's living it. That's not just talking about it. Number one. Number two, Nasev and Ishma, is Ahava, is love. When you love, you do the bidding of the beloved even before you understand it. Why do parents work and suffer for their children? Why do they do it? Why? He doesn't quote Rav Dessler here, but that's what Rav Dessler says, because they give and they love, right? Because you, because you give, you love. And parents put so much into their children and they love. 
But ultimately, because they love their child, because their child exists. It's Abba She'enetuliya We pointed out in the past, the first time love appears in the Torah is by a parent and child. When Hashem tells Avram to take his son and kill him, that's the first love in the Torah. Because a parent-child love is the ultimate. It's avash in a He quotes a story about Mrs. Albert Einstein. I guess her first name is not so famous. Right? That she was asked if she understands Einstein's theory of relativity. So she says, no, I don't understand his theory of relativity. I don't understand Einstein's theory, but I understand Einstein. I don't have to understand it, but, you know, Einstein, I live with Einstein. Love is the willingness to do what the beloved asks of me simply because he or she wants it. It's a recognition that you exist and therefore I do. I know what you'd appreciate and therefore I do it and that's love. Right? We quoted many, many years ago the commentary of the Ran on the Akedah. Kach na es binchas yechidcha. Please take a na elalashen bakasha. Hashem didn't command Avram to do the Akedah. He said, I'd appreciate it. He was Megala his zone. Na. And Avram did it because that's the highest level of love. When we do something that we know our beloved wants, even without being asked. I know they'd want a cup of tea, so I make them a cup of tea even before they ask for it. And that's the second point of Nasa Ishba. We do it because we love Hashem. Where there is love, full comprehension could wait. Where there is love, we'll try to please God, even when questioning. Right, I think we mentioned also years ago, the humorous story of the Avas, the Avas, the Oiv Yisrael, the Abderav, where one year we spoke about Avas Yisrael, every Shabbos. Every Shabbos. It was Parshas Balak, and he had no idea what to talk about. Parshas Balak, Avas Yisrael, it's all about hating the Jews. And as he's going up to the uh, podium, he sees the Parshas Balak sign. And he says, oh, I got it. He takes the Parshas Balak sign, and he says, look, it's Rashi Tevis. V'yahavta, l'reacha, kamocha. Balak. And they say, Rebbe, Rebbe, it's a beis and not a vav, and it's a kuf and not a kuf. He says, when you're really in love, you don't look at the details. Don't look at the details. So that's Abba, number two. And finally, number three, says uh, says uh, Rabbi Lamb, finally, the theonomous principle of Nasev and Ishma entails the act of discipline and self-restraint, without which religion has no spiritual and existential grounding. There's an idea of commitment. There's an idea of discipline and self-restraint and that I'm not in charge. And there are those... Beyond, there's a power beyond, but I have to make my life, I have to shape my life to what he wants. And he quotes, again, this is written in 1972, he writes on the back page, each of us has a hundred reasons not to daven, not to learn Torah, not to give staka, not to learn, not to observe all the halachas. Is this not a typical circumstance? You try to study and you think about the refrigerator, the telephone, the children. To be a genuine Jew means to put all aside all rationalizations and say, Nasa Vanishma, I'm going to do it. Kalvachomer, our day, right? Almost 47 years after Rabbi Lamb wrote this, right? And uh, right, how many distractions? Now we have the distractions next to us, in our pocket, on our belt. You know what we have to say, Nasev Nishma? Our Nasev Nishma is turning off the phone. Our Nasev Nishma is ignoring, and what we're doing, we're doing. Whether it's learning, whether it's talking to a child, whether it's talking to a friend, what we're doing, we're doing. And therefore, we have to recognize that, and that's Nasev and Ishma. Nasev Ishma is about A, jumping in and living it, B, love, and three, discipline and focus. That's Nasev and Ishma then, and that's Nasev and Ishma now as well. Okay, we'll have to stop here, and we will continue with the Mishkan on the horizon in the coming weeks.